Hello everyone and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 77 of the Sports Run-On Podcast. <clears throat> if you've been listening to the past couple podcasts, you'll realize that there have been common themes of us doing predominantly one sport. Whether it be the NBA, the NBA playoffs, the NFL, well, the NBA playoffs before, the NFL preseason, or just a lot of NFL um, uh, talk that's been going on lately because that's been what the big sport has been. This has this is actually going to be a different style of podcast because there is going to be a lot of talk about a lot of different topics. So, if you're someone more someone who likes to listen to podcasts that have more of a more more of like a variety of topics that like they cover in their podcast, then this is definitely be the podcast for you because we were talking about multiple different sports going into this in, in this edition of the podcast episode seventy seven. We'll be starting out where we talk about a lot, where we start out a lot of our podcasts now be in the NFL. The first topic we're going to talk about in the NFL is Teddy Bridgewater. He, he was in a quarterback battle with Drew Locke for the week one game against the New York Giants September 12th. See who would be the starter. He's going to be for the job with Drew Locke who posted a 4-9 record while producing 18 turnovers over 13 starts last season. And the coach, um, Fanago... He wanted to reiterate. The, he wanted to reiterate. There we go. Want to reiterate the fact that he um, there wasn't much separation. It, this wasn't like more like some obviously, and I've talked about this about how there'll be certain teams that depending on who they put a quarterback. The Saints being a big one. I talked about them in the Monday night game. Uh, I think it was the last podcast, or yeah, it was the last podcast episode. So, so uh, obviously, a lot of people. Um, I said that it's gonna that if they win or not win these games, and it could definitely be the playoffs depending on it. Is if they is who they put at quarterback. Like obviously, who they have under center and who they trust leading the offense is obviously a big deal. The Broncos are kind of like that. I mean, their quarterback went four and nine last year. Like that's not that's not what you want from your quarterback. Who like that that I mean, obviously starting quarterback is one thing, but you really. I mean, you could obviously guess that you want there to be confidence in your quarterback going into this, like, into the next week. Like, you want them to be like, yeah, like, I trust the guy I'm playing for. Like, I trust the guy who, um, I trust that they went 5-11 total. So 5-11 total, um, 4-9 with Drew Locke. Like, they just, no one's really going to call that a good, um, good season under any circumstances. Like, the Broncos are a proud, they're a proud team with, they had Peyton Manning at one point, like, they, they're a proud franchise, obviously, they have their Super Bowl win, but, I mean, being passing, being 26th in the NFL in passing yards and 28th in, in points four per game is just not a good look whenever, coming from the Broncos, um, like, come for the Broncos, whenever those are two very big stats that you're looking at, the points for you, obviously, because if you have the points for you, you need to have more so, so you can win most of your games. And then passing yards, obviously, if you watch the NFL, you know that this is a pass-heavy league. A pass-heavy league. A lot of people, whenever they're, whenever they think of the NFL, a lot of them think that it's a. Um, I mean, the two things that they think, and I mean, it, it's your opinion on if what on how um, accurate you think these statements are. But the big one is that they think it's a soft league. They think it's soft that um, they think they're. They think the players are protected too much. They think they get they get paid for not for not doing as much hitting as they used to, which I in some cases agree with. And uh, this well, the second one is they get big contracts. And and yeah, just that that's like really what. The, uh, oh, the third one, just lost train of thought. The third one is it's a heavy passing offense. College is turning into the same way. 
if you if you know football or watch football way way back 40 50 years ago you know that this was not really the case people the quarterback and the receivers were not really the ones that owned the field back at that time the people who owned it were the running backs Jerome Bettis um and just many others Willie Parker couple Steelers to be named, and um, Franco Harris, you have Emmett Smith for the Cowboys, he's another big one, Jim Brown for the Cleveland Browns, for the Browns back whenever they were starting out, like, but not even when they were, like, before they were even the Browns, like, so obviously back then, obviously this was a run-first league, as you can see, like, this is a run-first league for the, just because... It's um they they and it was a run first league where the where it was you you were more focused on um the guys that are in the box meaning your defensive line your and your linebackers and your safeties than you were about making sure that you had these high profile corners that we have today such as like Richard Sherman Jalen Ramsey Patrick Peterson like these guys are the premier league they, these guys really had to make a name for themselves just based off the fact that they're such this such a pass heavy offense. So Bridgewater was is hopefully he can help them with this passing yards as he will get to start week one against the Giants on September 12th. Another guy coming out of college that will be going into the pros who's going to get a who's going to get his first look this year as a um in this pass heavy offense I'm talking about or this pass heavy league as a whole is Trevor Lawrence. He drafted number one from Clemson, Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, he and I. I can't wait to see him play. He he played absolutely incredible, being able to do literally everything and plus 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 that you would want him to do as for coming from a college quarterback. So obviously, without a doubt, there's going to be people that are very very excited to see him in the pros. They're going to be excited to see what he can do. They're going to be excited to see the impact that he can make. I I think I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to help the Jacksonville Jaguars really put it together a season. Do I think that they're um, like playoff bound. I don't know if I'd say playoff bound. I think playoff the playoffs is going to depend more than anything on the um, uh, like the how how um how healthy they can stay. And as I say that, I also have to bring up the fact that Travis Etienne, the other pick out of the University of Clemson, will miss the entire 2021 NFL season after being placed on injury reserve with a Liz Frastic injury. In which he'll undergo on his left foot, and that was literally in preseason. It's absolutely like breaks my heart to see somebody who was that um, that skilled at coming out of college as being a being a pass catcher, a runner, and literally being able to do again just like Trevor could do, do everything you asked for, like everything you asked for. Plus, he could add so much more stuff that you didn't even know you wanted or asked for, but he could just do it just because he was that good of a quarterback. But losing ETN is just an, a huge blow for the Jaguars. But I still, I still don't think that should take away that I still a lot of people will be um, um, excited for Trevor Lawrence and seeing what all he can do with Jacksonville. And obviously, as I said, that the the, um, the Broncos was the quarterback said it was kind of a um, a like the the coach the Broncos said it was, it was a tight race. This doesn't really seem like it. Urban Meyer didn't make this out to be a tight race. They knew whenever they drafted him that he was going to be starting Week One. At least for the um, and, and hopefully so on and so forth for many many years to come, he'll he'd be the one starting and leading the charge for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They knew that whenever they had whenever they made the decision to draft him out of Clemson. Up next is a trade that is a trade that's going on. New England Patriots are trading running back Sony Michelle to um, Los Angeles Rams. The uh, New England will acquire a 2022 sixth round pick and a 2023 fourth round pick. If you're wondering who I think won this trade, I definitely think that it was the Patriots. 
I think Sony Michelle is good, but I don't think he is um he's proved his worth or I don't think he's played as well as he did coming out of college. Do I think he played what he's played well for the Patriots? Yeah, but do I do I think that it's still a steal to get two draft picks for him? Yes, I think that is a very good deal coming from the um, the Los Angeles Rams side. Obviously, the Patriots are thinking, yeah, well, we get draft picks. Obviously, after losing Brady, a lot of people have been like, oh, it's kind of rebuilding mode for the Patriots because they have, um, since they lost Brady, you lose somebody like that. A loss of somebody like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, you're going to be auto-put into um, rebuild mode just because of just how talented you how just because of the fact that you got a talent that was one in um what could some could argue one in a century like like there a lot of people could argue we might not see another Drew Brees or anything close to Drew Brees in New Orleans for another fifty to a hundred years like he was that talented the records he was able to set and the impact he was able to have but I feel like I feel like this is smart for the for the um for the Patriots because they're able to get picks out of it and really help to rebuild so the Patriots definitely I think won this draft in my opinion. Now moving on to NCAA basketball, we had a pretty big story in the M- in the NCAA basketball. If you follow recruiting and like the future of the, um, like if you're one, if you're somebody who follows like more the future of the sport, and you're like looking at at who signs where, who signs what colleges, and again, take this with a grain of salt because again, it could all change. But Emory Bates, the third ranked recruit, the 2021 class has committed to Memphis, which. To play for Penny Hardaway, and I obviously even know who Penny Hardaway is. He was a great, a great um, pro basketball player. So obviously, these guys like Penny Hardaway and um, Deion Sanders are gonna pull uh, professional talent no matter what because they want to play for these the, these incredible athletes. But seeing him go there, his short list included Michigan State, Oregon, and the G League Ignite, which is the G League and not even going to college. If you, that's the other way that people go to the um, go to the pros. Is because is through the G League. It's kind of like think of it as I, I think I've explained in the podcast before. I can't remember exactly, but um, kind of like the minor leagues. It's like a it's in some cases a minor league affiliate for the. It, it's like how a minor league. It's like how the um, like like the trip. There's like the um, like like a triple A team is an affiliate for the for their MLB team. The G League is in a way, but they're they're not tied to a specific team. But it still feels like they're an affiliate because it's. It's just another pipeline to take to be able to get to the pros, which is evidently what everybody who goes to college or to the G League wants to. The G League is just another way to show your skills to be able to um, to be able to get to the league, and then because that's obviously everyone's goal. Here we thus before reclassifying, seventeen year old was the top ranked prospect in the twenty twenty two class. Apparently, due to his age, he isn't eligible for the draft until twenty twenty three. So he pushed it forward and he reapplied. He averaged 24.6 points per game, 6.6 rebounds, 2.4 assists, and 1.6 steals per game at Yipsy Prep School, which was a school created by his father, Elgin Bates, or EJ. He goes, he went by EJ. So EJ Bates was the one who invented the school that he would end up playing at. And I, I've seen some um, video of him play, and obviously he didn't get the most, like these high schools don't always get the most coverage. You usually see them more whenever they get into college. But uh, from what I've seen so far and what I've read, he seems like the real deal. And I'm going to be interested to see how he, if he can make Memphis a team that you like actually have to, you can't just like pass over and be like, oh, Memphis free win. Like if he can see if he can change that, see if he can change how people feel about Memphis going forward, have, having him play for them. 
And the last topic is just a quick one. Is in the MLB. Yadier Molina. I just want to bring this up because I, I, this is my opinion. You can have your opinion. I have mine. Yadier Molina is a top five catcher to ever play the game of baseball. That is my own opinion. It doesn't have to be yours, but it is mine, and which is why I want to bring up the fact that he will be retiring after the 2022 season. He confirms the plan. 39-year-old signed a one-year extension with Cardinals on Tuesday, reportedly worth $10 million. Molina spent his entire 18 years, 18 years, almost two decades with the Cards. Kind of sad to seems he's going to go 19, but not 20. Obviously, that's 20 is a milestone, but I mean, if he thinks this is the best idea for him, I completely agree with it. I just want to bring this up because, again, as I said, it doesn't have to be your opinion, but my opinion is Yadier Molina is a top five catcher to ever play the game of baseball. Ten-time All-Star also racked up nine Golden Glove Awards, a Silver Slugger Award, and helped reach St. Louis to two World Series titles in 2016 and 2011. Racked up 2,000 career hits, 150 home runs, and 900 RBIs in his career home run. In his uh, career so far, I mean. He, uh, he owns a 259 slash line with eight home runs and 51 RBIs in 94 games this campaign. Pretty much what it, that's his batting average. Like he's, he's still hitting, for the, this many years in the league, he is still hitting very, very well. But to see somebody like that who, um, he's who a lot of people, who a lot of people have gotten into the sport growing up watching him and Buster Posey, seeing him retire is obviously sad because he feels like the end of a generation. But he obviously he he had a great career, and I think he's a without a doubt Hall of Famer. But I just wanted to let you know that he will be retiring after the 2022 season. With that said, this wraps up season two, episode 77 of the Sports Run Podcast.